Welcome back to DQP Does, the Drafty Quarters Podcast Network movie review show where we change the plays in the huddle. With me is my co-host, Russell. Welcome back to DQP Does. <laughs> what the fuck? Let's change the play in the huddle. You're not the star of the show. I am. I know. I gotta, I gotta get my uh, bonus, so <laughs> I gotta get my words in. Uh... <laughs> You're gonna fuck up my sponsorship deal. <laughs> if I get two thousand words this episode, I get a deal with Reebok. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> we're we are continuing we are continuing our sports uh, two months of uh, sports summer, whatever the fuck we're calling it. I don't even know. DQP does sports. There you go. Is it a mouth guard sponsorship? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just have to say Reebok like six times every episode. Oh, okay. Uh, that's two. Um, we're, we're doing any given Sunday from 1999 rated R as fuck two hours and 42 minutes. I didn't think about this movie being almost three hours long until the first scene was like 25 minutes and I was just like, what the fuck? Yeah. I seen the time and I was like, Ooh, <laughs> and then I seen the editing and I was like, Oh no. Yeah. Um, so basically this movie is about, uh, a team in Miami. So there's two teams in Miami. Uh, that when, and this one isn't in the NFL. Uh, but they talk about the Dolphins. Yeah. So this is like another league as big as the NFL, apparently. Yeah. Sort of. They talk. Of, they. It's weird. Yeah, I didn't really they talk about NFL stuff, but it's not the NFL. I was like, I don't think football has minor league. No, but there's like uh, uh, arena football and there's CFL, which is in Canada. Yeah. Uh and there's a uh, XFL. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, so this is like a fictionary fiction fictional fictionary. There's a fictional league that this is part of. Yeah. Uh but it's talking about the Miami Sharks and um their aging coach played by Al Pacino. The the cast in this is fucking wild. Um yes. Uh, and it's directed by Oliver Stone, which is also fucking wild. Yes. Uh, but, uh, it's talking about this fictional team called the, the Miami Sharks, uh, and them like, uh, just a lot of different stuff that happens at the end of the season. It's already like halfway through the season. They, in the, in the opening, like 25 minutes is basically like the end of a football game. Um, and they lose their star quarterback, who's a veteran, played by uh, Dennis Quaid, uh, Jack Cap Rooney. Yeah. Um. So they have, and he like has a very serious injury. Uh. So they have to put in their second string quarterback, who like has not played, and he gets injured immediately <laughs> on the very next play. <laughs> So then they have to put in their third string quarterback who is uh a not really a rookie 
but a guy who's moved around for the last couple of years because he has a reputation from college of being a troublemaker and he's never hit the starting li- uh starting lineup of of any of his teams he's always been a backup um who is named Willie Beeman played by Jamie Fox yeah um and he goes out and Kind of shows a lot of promise, but they don't like they don't end up winning the game. Yeah, but he, he shows a lot of like athletic skill, um, but not a lot of listening. So then it, it moves on from that, and it's basically the movie is basically mostly about uh, uh, Al Pacino's character, the coach uh, Tony D'Amato. Uh, Tony D'Amato trying to coach this team. Uh, uh, Cameron Diaz's character, who is the acting owner, uh, her father was the original owner, uh, and he passed away. And I don't know if he like left the team to his daughter or to his wife, but his wife is like not really in has any interest in running the team. Yeah. Um. But I think he did. He, leave yeah. It no, to he the did. Daughter. He he yeah. made her the GM when he was he was like dying. Yeah. He made her the GM. Um, so she's like trying to run the team, but she's also like, or the franchise. She's not trying to run the team. She's trying to run the franchise. She's also like trying to possibly move the team to LA. Uh, and if she can't move the team to LA, she wants to leverage the possibility of moving the team to LA against the mayor, who is also like a character actor that you might know. Uh, it's, uh, played by, uh, Clifton Davis, uh, the mayor of Miami. So she's trying to like leverage that against him to get work done or a new stadium. Um, so she's just doing ownership, right? Yeah. Uh, but she needs the team to do well because if the team does well, then they can move it to LA or she can sell it for a lot of money or she can leverage that against the city to get more money uh, for like a stadium or to refurbish the stadium they have. Yeah. Uh, but they're not doing well. They're, they're like no. right at 500 or just below 500. Uh, like almost a little more than that. Well, I mean, if it's a 16 game season, they're like, they're like almost they're the, I don't remember what the record was, but it showed the record at some point, but they weren't doing well. Um, so they kind of, there it talks about like cap going through his like rehab it talks about uh willie becoming like this amazing athlete and quarterback but he's also like undermining the team just doing what he wants yeah. instead of listening to the coach or like spreading the ball around he kind of like has a favorite receiver and like mostly throws to this one guy but they have a star running back that uh was basically propelling the team and now he's not getting what he needs and he's also being greedy because he just wants the money he wants to hit his bonus he wants to get the Reebok sponsorship which he has to hit a certain threshold of yards and touchdowns to get that but he's not getting it because Willie's not giving him the ball yeah all this stuff it also talks about like uh, like injuries and how stuff is covered up in football. Um, which I mean, this movie is wild when it talks about this stuff. Yeah. Because it's, uh, it, it has Lawrence Taylor in it, which is awesome. It has Jim Brown in it, which is awesome. I love both of those guys. Yeah. Uh, 
Jim Brown is like the defensive coordinator and Lawrence Taylor is like the star linebacker that's yeah. uh like forever veteran <laughs> and he's like got CTE and like a broken neck so bad that and towards the end of the movie that's like if you go and hit someone you every time you hit someone you have a chance of dying yeah <laughs> and and they're Put like me in, coach and he's like Come on, coach. This is the only thing I know how to do. They're like, you're going to have to sign a waiver to play because we had to tell you. He's like one tackle and some yards away from his. One sack. Yeah, one sack. Three tackles at the end of the the movie, right before the last game that they play through to get, or it's like the, the first game of the playoffs. They get into the playoffs. Or is it to get into the playoffs? I don't remember. No, they get into the playoffs. So it's the, the first. Playoffs. It's the first game of the playoffs. Yeah. Um. He needs, uh, one sack and three tackles to get his bonus. And he's like, "I need that. I need to do it, man." He's like, "Put me in." Yeah. But uh, it talks about like you know, all the fooling around with ladies of the night <laughs> and like doing drugs and uh james woods this cast is ridiculous yeah james woods plays this crooked ass uh team doctor who's basically like uh keeps his keeps his intern intern who's also a doctor so he's not really an intern but he's his intern who's played by matthew modine like what the fuck is this fucking <laughs> cast? Uh keeps him in the dark because he keeps like being like, "Hey, I think this is wrong with this person." He's like, "Don't worry about it. I'll do the tests and I'll figure out if that's actually a thing." Yeah. And he's basically like hiding the stuff. He's yeah. like chain like replacing x-rays and like downplaying players' injuries because like I can put them on this and they can play. Yeah. Um He's also like hiding stuff on the on the uh, behalf of uh, Cameron Diaz's character because yeah. she comes through and like asks about a few players. Uh, she wants Willie Beeman to play because he's a star, and they can either like trade him for a bunch of money, or you know he can propel them to another uh, to L.A. Um, she doesn't want Cap to come back, and because he's like the old way of playing the game, and uh, Damato's like deep in the old way of playing the game. So she wants Willie to play. So she like, makes sure that he's going to keep cap out, but then make sure that Lawrence Taylor's character is going to play, even though he could literally fucking die. Um, and like, it's like all this stuff happens. Yeah. <laughs> and like, uh, there's like a, um, who the fuck is that guy? Uh, what's his name? Aaron Eckhart is plays the offensive coordinator that they're grooming to be the new head coach. Yeah. And like D'Amato won't listen to him because he wants to play the game the new way. And D'Amato's stuck in the past, yeah. but he's also like a championship winning coach. So he is like, you know, he won't listen. So like everybody's being stubborn. Everybody's being an asshole. Everybody is undermining <laughs> everything. Yep. Um, but they somehow like figure out a way to move on. But uh, John C. McGinley is also in this. Yes. Holy fucking Christ. He plays like a, a <laughs> shitty Jim Rome character. <laughs> <laughs> like, Dr. Cox. Uh, and he, he like 
is like this asshole Miami reporter that has his own TV show and he like plays up Beeman and like gets Beeman to talk shit about the coach on TV. And then he's there when James Woods gets outed by Modine on the practice field about like covering shit up and like switching x-rays and like almost getting people killed. Yeah. And like D'Amato gets pissed off and he's like trying to ask D'Amato questions and D'Amato pushes him out of the way and he gets hurt <laughs> and it's on TV. Cause he's like got a fucking camera there. So then he has to apologize in front of, in front of the commissioner who's played by fucking Charlton Heston. <laughs> what the fuck is this cast? Dude, that was my favorite. He like was sitting there and I was like, wait, wait a minute. minute. Why? What the fuck <laughs> is Charlton Heston doing here? <laughs> But yeah, so that I mean, it it goes through this like the end of this season, and like you know, Willie kind of figuring out that he needs to be a team player, and they they come around, and Cap comes back for a half, and but he's like still hurt because he like he like exploded a di- uh, disc in his back, yeah, and they had to remove the disc and like fuse his spine, but he comes back in like six weeks. <laughs> Because he's insane and Superman, uh, but he's not at a hundred percent. And he gets a few hits, and he's like, "I can't, I can't fucking do it, man." Yeah. And uh, so they put Willie in, and but like Willie has like come around to being a team player at this point, and he has to like make it up to his teammates who he's like pissed off because he pisses off LL Cool J. What the <laughs> fuck is this fucking cast? <laughs> He pisses off LL Cool J uh, because he's the running back, the star running back, and he won't give him the ball. He pisses off Lawrence Taylor because he's like, man, if the defense was doing anything, we'd be winning games. But he doesn't say that to Taylor's face, but he says it at Taylor's house at a party <laughs> to LL Cool J, who he knows hates him. So LL Cool J's like, hey, Taylor, this motherfucker is up in your house disrespecting you. So fucking Lawrence Taylor cuts his truck in half with a circular saw. Because <laughs> these motherfuckers are insane. I've been all over the place with this movie because this movie is wild. It's all over the place. Too. Yeah, it's all over the place. But the basic the basic thing is like all these characters are rolling through the end of the season and like they have their own problems, trials, tribulations, and they're like falling apart as a team, but they're winning because Willie is so good. And they get to the playoffs, they get to this last game and it's like all or nothing, basically, like they know that the season is going to be fucked or like the team is going to be fucked after this. Right. Yeah. Because like the owner is trying to move it or get rid of people so that and like sell the team or move the team or something and like no one's getting along and like she hates the coach. So he's going to be gone after this season because his contracts up and like all this stuff. Right. So yeah. like the, the team is going to blow. This is basically the bulls, the 96 bulls, right? <laughs> right. They, they know it's the last, their last hurrah. So yeah. they're trying to get into the, the postseason. They get into the playoffs. They have this playoff, this first playoff game and it's against a really tough, tough opponent. And, um, they come together as a team and like Willie redeems himself and like everyone redeems themselves and they win the game. And that's basically sort of like the end of the, 
That's like everything except the epilogue, right? Yeah. And the epilogue is basically that they lose the next game off camera. Yeah. They 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 they, <laughs> they get knocked out of the playoffs off camera uh in their conference championship. Um cuz they weren't a wild card if you if you actually follow like uh actual NFL it would have been like they won the division championship, they lost in their conference championship. So they were like it, they got to the semifinals basically. Um but uh so the the season's over uh the owner gets sanctioned by the the governing body whatever that is the commissioner for like trying to move the team during the season and doing like offhanded play stuff um she's doing this press conference to like try and leverage the mayor and also like um acknowledge that uh D'Amato is leaving and it's all cordial and stuff it's all nice yeah. they're saying nice things yeah and D'Amato like uh gives this speech about how it's been great to be in Miami and everything. And then he drops the bomb of he's going to New Mexico to head coach and GM this <laughs> expansion team in Albuquerque. And he's taking Willie Beeman with him. <laughs> and everybody's like, what the fuck? <laughs> he can't do that. I thought we had him locked down. <laughs> yeah. And that's the end of the movie. And it's just, it's so wild. Like, I think if there was a different person in the editing room, this movie would have been amazing. I, yeah. Cause like, I think the story is good. The acting yeah, the story is, is good. The acting is good. Acting is good. The, the cinematography, except for the editing is yeah. pretty good. Yeah. The direction is good. So I think this movie though, is what, killed the 90s feel <laughs> yeah no i mean it's it's like the it's like the extreme 90s cinematic experience on 11 yeah but to a good script yeah so like usually that kind of stuff happens to shitty movies yeah but this is a movie that's hindered by the style of the 90s yes of the late 90s where it's like everything is extreme yeah which i was not expecting like, I forgot about it. It feels like a Hot Wheels commercial. Yeah, it like. is cut all fucking completely crazy. <laughs> yeah. And everything is like hyper dramatized as far as like the some of the cinematography is is poor because of this. Like it's because of the extremism, like it's hyper dramatized in like the way it's shot. Like there's the last game before the playoffs they're like, it's the monsoon ball. It looks like it's played on a fucking high school field with 90% of the lights out. Yeah. In the rain. Yeah. Cause like it's dark as fuck yeah. on that field. Yeah. And it's raining balls. Garbage. And it's like, this is like some Friday night lights shit. This is not yeah. a professional game. Yeah. This is not what it looks like. Even, even when like the weather is fucking nuts, yeah. even during what would actually be dubbed a monsoon bowl. This is not what that looks like. <laughs> no. Yeah. Like, yeah. So <clears throat> I don't know it. Like I, I did enjoy the movie. Oh, I love it. 
any cuts to other scenes, any like weird kind of art artistic decision that was made with the editing. Like yeah. there's one, there's one super bad spot that I just hated. I got what they were trying to do, but I hated it. And it's where they like, there's the picture of the, there's like them playing the, the football mm. players are playing. And then like, Cameron Diaz's face is like superimposed over it. Yeah, there's and a lot of weird Al Pacino's shit. face is superimposed over it. Yep. And the players playing like fade out into the background and then like some weird uh like starry night background fades in under their superimposed faces. Yeah, there's some weird fucking like 90s fucking uh music video stuff going on in some parts. Yeah. Like this. there's, there's a bunch of random, uh, like native American chanting and imagery that is never explained because no one has ever explained to have any native American heritage. Yeah. It's just there. And what yeah. the fuck does that have to do with football or yeah. any of these characters? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> like, it would have made sense if it was Phil Jackson. <laughs> Phil Jackson is super into Native American stuff because of his childhood. But like it doesn't make sense in this movie. And they like they do the same thing where they like fade in like crowds from like 1930s football games and shit yeah. and like weird stuff and like, like that and lightning in the background that, and just like what is happening dude the random lightning with thunder strikes was so weird also can we stop putting the thunder over the lightning hitting yeah <laughs> oh, i think oh, we still do that it's today. literally hitting you right now that's not <laughs> how thunder works guys but uh yeah like all like like, and some of this stuff had been done. Like, some of these editing, editing and creative decisions had been done in other stuff yeah. before. But it wasn't like they were playing Deftones over it. And, like... Yeah. It's like, I just don't know what the fuck. <laughs> yeah, no. Like, the, the, the post-production on this movie, like, really fucked it up. Yeah. Because, like, if you just had what was shot, I think... And like cobbled it together, I think it would have been uh like a two point at least two points higher movie. Oh yeah. Yeah, this this I mean this movie could be re edited and just like probably cut out like twenty five minutes worth of poor editing decisions. <laughs> yeah, I mean well, I mean if you had the if you had the source material and it could be re edited even to the same length, like I think it would be I would I, give it a two point. I would give it two points higher than I'm going to. The reason I took 25 minutes off is because literally one of the cuts in between scenes is a whole last minute. Like, oh yeah, the, I think it's the one that you're talking about with the crowd fading in and out and the yeah. lightning strike. Like yeah. that whole edit between scenes is oh, like there's a, also like a minute. There's also <laughs> some like uh, trippy, like I'm high as fuck parts that don't make sense because so yeah. there's, there's some that do make sense like blurry vision stuff and stuff like that because like yeah. you're talking about characters that have cte and shit yeah like the stuff with lawrence taylor in the last game 
or like in a couple games before that when he like he gets a bad hit and like that's when you figure out that he's fucked up. Yeah. Um or some of the stuff with Cap, those make sense because they have an injury, it, you know, head injury, concussion, whatever. So like they're looking around being confused and it has like this blurry image, you know, filter thing going on and like weird noise and stuff. Those parts make sense, but there's sometimes where it's like Willie is playing the game and he just like it's like he just fucking got hit with LSD. And yeah. it's just like everything kind of has like a rainbow around it and his vision is blurry and he like sees shit in slow motion and you're like, what the fuck is going on? Also, the 90s, the slow motion sucked in this movie. Yeah. It's super like choppy, like yeah. bad frame rate stuff. That's just because of how it was shot. But like, yeah, you didn't have to do it. And like, or like at least do it sparingly instead of like yeah. all the time. <laughs> and like, like I, I understand the effect too of like what they were trying to do with the camera being the player on the field. Yeah. But I hated every fucking second of it. Like I was like, I I'm watching the movie cause I want to see what's happening. Like, why are you going first person on me? And if you are going to go first person on me, like have a reason. Yeah. A have a reason, which the reason is to, sh- to show how like stressed out he is. But like, all you've done is stress me out and like, not in a good way. Yeah. Not in like a way that I'm enjoying or a way that like informs the story. Yeah. More so in a way of like, I'm super fucking annoyed that this is a football movie where I can't watch them play fucking football. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I remembered this movie being way better than what it actually is. Cause like, I think I, I really think that the movie, if you took out all the dumb shit of like the, the crowd stuff, the weird, the weird shit and the bad editing, I think this movie would be an awesome movie. Yeah, I think so too. So like, that's why you thought it was good when you saw it the last time. Yeah. Because we were used to that dumb shit because of the time. Right. Yeah. Well, stuff being edited all fucking weird and like, yes, but I wouldn't say like, like you, we still, I mean, still go back to like, like 1999. Right. Yeah. So like, I know we just talked about fight club last on the weekly, but you know, I'm bring up fight club again. Like fight club is a nineties movie feel without like, the the ridiculous amount of like aged editing editing yeah. and like you know bullshit or like I'll I'll talk about one that has do- did that but did it well um and hasn't aged out uh like this has uh seven yeah seven has a bunch of fucked up editing but it's it's purposeful yeah. it has a purpose. Where, like, this was fucked up editing for the sake of fu- fucked up editing, I think. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, like it literally what you said. Like, we're going to take everything we've made a staple of the 90s in the last, you know, yeah. let's say eight years. And we're going to just do it. And, yeah, and then they just do all of it. And, like, I don't, like, like I can't, I can't, it's not one of those movies that I... I feel like I can let slide on the, well, it's a product of the times when products of the times are made better. way better movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like the script, great script, 
I hated this movie. Really? Yeah. Like I, and I didn't expect it. Cause like, I remembered this movie being awesome, but yeah. like, there's so like, like the, my only problem with the actual like script and like the story of the movie mm-hmm. is, uh, the, like how quickly a relationship between Willie and his girlfriend of seven years, like dissolves, dissolves in one fight. Yeah. And specifically, I hate that because it makes those abhorrent, women at the party right yes like i i didn't there wasn't enough it should have been like a more of like a rebellious relationship uh like i know he was getting a big head yeah but like she should have been there to help pull him back yep like so that's primarily that's like my biggest problem with the story because mm. it was just was just like one big fight and they're done yeah like, and then he doesn't see her forever until he runs into her on accident. And then he's like, yo, let me call you. And she's like, no, yeah, let me call you. And she's yeah. like, okay. And I was like, what the actual fuck is this characterization? Like, why did you make all the terrible, awful women? Right. Because the one woman even says, she's like, well, it doesn't mean anything to you till, you know, there's a ring. Right. And then she's right. in like the next scene, like what? And then, to top off that, like my other big issue with the movie is the relationship between Dennis Quaid's character and his wife. Cause like we're led to believe that she is like, cause she's kind of like a background character, which is cool, but everything before their big fight leads us to believe that she's like a supporting, caring wife. Cause oh, why no, would you she miss be? stuff? What did I miss? You missed a lot of like subtle acting on her part. Did I? Yeah. Oh, maybe there's she you can tell from some of the stuff that happens before that like she's I know a a cunt. I know she says a couple of weird things, but like there's an earlier scene, like I think when he first gets hurt where she's like worried about how long it's going to be till he can play again. Yeah. But I guess I took that more so as like, because he loved the game, not because she only loved him for being a football football player. Yeah. But that's, that's informed by some of the other stuff. Like one is the party. She's one of the awful women. She's the like ringleader of the awful women that That, are like, that is true. She is the one that says the thing. And it's in that like kind of starts the, I think that might be the first inkling, but that's one of the things that starts the, like she is all about the status of being this huge stars wife. Yeah, that is true. So I guess that's not, that's not as, I think that one is good. I hate her, but it's, I think it's a good character. Yeah, and I guess I, I wanted more of that. Yeah, like leading up to that big fight they have. That first thing is like the biggest clue in, but there's like a lot of like subtle stuff where they're talking about something and she's making a face where it's just like, no, this is not gonna work. Yeah, that but I also thing. my my next part about them that I didn't like was like not having a resolution. Yeah, that for not like, having a resolution is shit. If their relationship is going to be part of the story, then like there should have been some sort of resolution yeah, for definitely. Like, does he just like you know let her walk all over him the rest of his life, or Probably. does he like get a divorce because she freaks out, or does she divorce him because he can't ball no more? Yeah, or does that's the most know, likely scenario? Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take whatever money I can and get the fuck out of here. Take the kids and fuck you. You can 
write or be a announcer or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Quarterback so I, coach. Yeah. So like that, but the, as far as the story goes, but I, you know, once again, we're at what, like two hours and 37 minutes. Is that what you said? 42, 42. Yeah. So like it being a two hour and 42 minute movie, like I understand, but like you could have made it shorter by leaving. Yeah. Some there's some, stuff a out. lot like of Willie stuff that just, could have been cut out. And yeah, if you, yeah. if that was all Willie's relationship was going to be like, why wasn't the whole relationship just cut? Yeah. And then if that was all we were going to get for Dennis Quaid and his wife, like why wasn't that just cut? You yeah, know? I think if you were going to do anything, you should have cut both of them and either just made them background characters or he didn't, like, Willie didn't have a girl yeah, at all. Um, and uh, Cap's wife was just a background character. But I think they were supposed to be kind of parallels, right? Yeah. Like, Willie fucks his up on his way up because he's on his way up. And she doesn't care about that. She cares about him. Yeah. And Cap's gets fucked up. And his wife stops caring about him because he can't ball anymore. And that's all she cares about. Yeah. And like that runs parallel until the, they switch places, right? Willie's balling, but he gets put on the bench, but he realizes that he needs to be a team player. So he like sees his girl and is like, Hey, I want to make things right. Yeah. You know, I was, I was getting, you know, my head was getting big and I, you know, that shit shouldn't have happened. And he apologizes and gets, gets her to let him call her. Um, gets her to let him call her. And at the same time, Cap's like, Hey, I might have to like retire. And his wife flips out on him. Like the, yeah, they aren't well told stories, but that's like the structure that they were trying to go for. Yeah, which just, would be would be great if there was time spent on it. Yeah, and it was yeah well done, and there was resolution for both instead of, and there's not resolution for either of them because no. she's like yeah you can call me and then you never see her again. Yeah, and then the other one like but you know, we got resolution for Al Pacino's career like, moving what? forward. Oh, well, for, career and the prostitute that he's sleeping with. Yeah, like because he ends up tearing her number up. Yeah, uh, for who is played by, where's she at? Elizabeth Berkley. What the fuck is this cast? Elizabeth Berkley. (laughs) I look, I fucking, I couldn't remember who she was, and I looked up, uh... And Kent, Cap's wife, is played by Lauren Holly. Yeah. And, uh, Cameron Diaz's mom is played by Anne Margaret. What the fuck? Yeah, dude, huge cast. Wild cast is wild. Yeah. Bill Bellamy is in it. Like what the fuck? I think this is one of Aaron Eckhart's earlier roles. Probably. Do you want to go down to the corner? Um, do I have anything good to say? I mean, we said like the cast, like the acting's good. The cast is amazing. The script was good. The cinematography, for the most part, was good, except for where it was directly affected by the extremism of the 90s. Yeah. Um, But yeah, there's a lot of bad, too. Yeah, this is, I mean, he did some movies before this, but like, I think this is like the, this is definitely the biggest out of these movies before he does Aaron Brockovich after this. Mm. For Aaron Eckhart. Yeah, for Aaron Eckhart. Yeah. Um, Yeah. 
We can go to the corner. All right, let's fucking go down to the end zone of trivia. <laughs> Touchdown. Uh, Dennis Quaid's character, Cap Rooney's house, is actually Miami Dolphins quarterback's or quarterback Dan Marino's house. That's cool. Yeah. That's a first down. Wow. <laughs> wow. Uh, Al Pacino's final rallying speech for the team before the playoff game is based on a rallying speech from real-life NFL coach Marty Schottenheimer uh, that he gave the Cleveland Browns during a 1989 AFC championship game. The Browns were in a championship game? In 1989. <laughs> huh. I'm assuming they lost. But I don't know. Uh, Al Pacino particularly relished this role as he found it refreshing change from the usual cops and gangsters he usually plays. Yeah. Good I agree with you. that. Yeah. He did great. Yeah. Love Al Pacino in this movie. Uh, he plays drunk really well, which he was he, drunk a lot. He was in this movie. It's the nineties. <laughs> it's Pacino. He was drunk. <laughs> um, Sean Combs, Puff Daddy, P Diddy, was initially cast as Willie Beeman, <laughs> but scheduling conflicts supposedly caused him to drop out, leaving the role to Jamie Fox. Other sources cite that when the football experts began working with Combs on quarterback drills, they quickly realized that he had zero throwing experience. <laughs> they knew he could never be convincing as a pro quarterback, whereas uh, Fox, is, had, wasn't, Fox was a natural athlete and a quick learner at the position. So the producers looked up Sean P. Diddy Combs's, like concert, the, like touring schedule and was like, uh, we need to record on these days. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Scheduling conflict. Oh, fuck. Uh, uh, Warner Brothers' favorite, Clint Eastwood, was sought after for Al Pacino's role early on. However, he also wanted to direct the picture, so the studio declined. Pacino was the second choice, who enthusiastically signed on. The character was changed to an Italian-American to suit him. Bro, I want to visit the universe where Clint Eastwood starred and directed in this movie. I feel like the night, the weird nineties editing probably wouldn't have happened. Oh, fuck no. He'd have been like, what is this shit? Yeah. Uh, when Willie Beeman enters Tony D'Amato's house, uh, the movie that is on television is Ben Hur from 1959 starring Charlton yep. Heston. Yep. Yep. Who also appears in any given Sunday as the commissioner. Oliver Stone says on the commentary that the meta connection was deliberate and meant to show that yesterday's rebels become the establishment. Charlton Heston agreed to appear in the film and granted permission for his image and Ben-Hur to be used. That's, that's good. That's good. That's a first down. You want to talk about the editing? Yeah. From an editing point of view, there are over 3000 cuts in this film. It's too many fucking cuts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, here you go. When the NFL refused to assist the film in any way, imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine why, uh, 
The fictional league used instead was imagined as a more successful version of both the World Football League and the United States Football League, who both challenged the NFL in the 70s and 80s, respectively, but did not last long. The screenplay makes this explicit in a scene where the mayor of Miami tells Cameron Diaz's character that one of the reasons the city cannot afford to build a new stadium for the Sharks is the local prominence of the Miami Dolphins. That's neat. (laughs) NFL running back Darnell Autry auditioned for the film, but he was told that he did not look enough like a football player. (laughs) What the fuck? What the fuck? Charlie Chaplin entered a Charlie Chaplin Chaplin lookalike contest and placed third. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. According to Jamie Foxx, LL Cool J took the scripted rivalry between their characters too seriously and punched (laughs) Fox in the face while filming the scene in which their characters fight. (laughs) They then had an altercation in which Fox received a cut on his head before the two were separated. It was also reported that Fox filed assault charges against LL Cool J, though LL Cool J denied this. Fox spoke about the incident in Jamie Foxx, I Might Need Security, in 2002. In 2006, Fox announced that he and LL had become friends. Aww. Aww. Jesus Christ. (laughs) Uh, uh, Although, according to Oliver Stone, the NFL actively attempted to prevent players from taking part in this project. Then San Francisco wide receiver Terrell Owens can be seen playing and scoring two touchdowns for the Miami Sharks. Dude, if, if Terrell wanted to do it, oh fuck. Is it Terrell? It might be Terrell. There's a whole thing about his name being pronounced wrong all the time. Uh, anyway, if Terrell Owens uh, wanted to do something, the NFL wasn't going to stop him. Um, yeah. Is he the wide receiver that says, like, that keeps saying to himself, I'm the no, best that's, wide that's receiver? No, that's Bellamy. Oh, okay. He, you never see him, like, he doesn't have, like, a speaking role, but he, uh, the name on the back of his shirt is Owens, and he wears his number 82 and not 81, as he does in real life. Oh, okay. Did. He doesn't play anymore. Yeah. Uh, do a few more shark stadium where the fictitious Miami sharks play is actually the orange bowl stadium in Miami, Florida. Oh, okay. Uh, college stadium. Yeah. Cool. I knew a thing. Uh, Oliver stone originally wanted to adapt the book. You're okay. It's just a bruise. A doctor's sideline secrets by, uh, Robert. Huzenga as a theatrical movie, but had meanwhile purchased an unrelated football screenplay by John Logan intended to be made for television. After Al Pacino became interested in the Logan script, Stone was given the green light for a theatrical movie and Stone wrote a shooting script to combine the two different screenplays. Oh, okay. That makes some of the story make a lot more sense. Yeah. On why the The doctor stuff was included. Yeah. Like it, I think it's really good being in there because it like, yeah, and that's also too. probably why the NFL didn't want to have anything to do with it. Like showing players doing drugs and banging hookers and then also showing like CTE and like doctors covering shit up and like owners being fucking corrupt as shit. Like yeah. that's why the NFL didn't want to be involved. Yeah. 
for sure. And then that also does remind me one of my favorite scenes in the movie is when is after James Woods gets fired and uh Shark is uh the the younger doctor is Matthew Modine. Yeah, Matthew Modine is helping Shark before the game. Yeah. And then he's like, just one more shot, man. Just like some cortisone shit. Yeah. And then he's like looking at it and like you don't see whether or not he gives it to him. Yeah. Like But that. also cortisone, like that's not the kind of shot he would be like, Come on, man, just give me one more shot of the cortisone. Yeah. Cause cortisone is not like a painkiller or anything like that. No. It's just he it, it's it, like a it's like a joint filler. Yeah. And I think that's why he, I mean, I think that's why he asked for it because he's getting ready to go play, right? Yeah. So, like, yeah. And, uh, but I liked that scene a lot. And um, he literally, like, drains his knee before that. Yeah. So, like, why would he give him cortisol, cortisone if he's just so, drained everything out of his knee? So the bones don't rub. But he just drained his knee. So, why would he put something in his knee? Yeah. Well, but, he took the. I don't know. He took like the the water the gross yeah. water pus buildup stuff out. Yeah, but um, so I I liked that scene because like, and that that scene not having resolution was okay to me because like you have the newer doctor who's about to figure out why it's so hard not to give the players what they want. Yeah, and like it says enough. Yeah. So like I liked actually not knowing whether or not he gave him the extra sure. Shot. Uh, here's here's an addition to this ridiculous cast that was cut. Uh, Jim Caviezel played Tony D'Amato's estranged son, but his scenes were cut. They can be seen in the extras of the Oliver Stone Collection DVD. What the fuck is this cast? Wild. I mean, it was actually alluded to that he had. Yeah, they talk about. Yeah. He talks. He like tries to get a hold of his uh, ex-wife and like says that he misses his kids and like talks about them having grandkids. Yeah, but like you never see them. Yeah, and then the phone's disconnected. <laughs> yeah. Uh oh, uh many players from the Arena Football League appear in the film as additional players. Oh. Yeah, cuz there's tons of extras playing other players in in these football games. Yeah. Uh we're going to do like two more. Yeah, give me a touchdown. You want a touchdown? Yeah. Hmm. Okay, here's here's two more. Maybe one of these will be a touchdown. Okay. Uh, according to Cuba Gooding Jr., he met with Oliver Stone about playing the role of Willie Beeman, but Stone turned Gooding down because he had already played a football player in Jerry Maguire. That's not a solid reasoning. That's that's uh that's okay. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, as a Oliver Stone is a San Francisco 49ers fan. There are several references to San Francisco beating the Sharks in their conference championship game. Yeah, that's a touchdown. <laughs> I was like, why is San Francisco? Like, yeah. okay, that makes sense. Yeah. <clears throat> oh, there's, there's a bunch of cameos, too. Fuck. I forgot about all these. These are... These aren't on the thing, but... uh. Like all the opposing coaches yeah. are like either actual coaches or former players. The the one coach in the big game at the end that he keeps looking across the field at, that coach looks super familiar. Uh so one of them is Johnny Unitas. I wonder if that was uh who oh, that guy's like was like a 
was a player for the the Colts in Baltimore. Yeah, I think so. Uh, one of them is Butkus, who played for the Bears. I wonder if that's the one that I'm thinking of. Uh, big dude, mustache, crew cut. No, this is like a short old guy. Um, like very wrinkly. Hold on, let me look at the cast here. Very it might, resting it might big have face. Him in the cast. Oh, what the fuck, dude? Yeah, dude. The guy that was the boogeyman in WWE was in this as a football player. <laughs> what the fuck? All right, come on. Where the... Oh, there was another Unitas that was a player? Joseph Unitas? Is that like Johnny's grandson or something? Maybe? Oh, Oliver Stone is one of the announcers. Oh. Barry Switzer was a Dallas announcer. Barry Switzer was a coach. Oh, okay. I I don't know. He also did comment or not. I think he did like uh, analysis uh, on TV. Was that is I feel like Daniel Marino being Cap Rooney's child is probably one of Dan Marino's kids. Uh, fuck. Come on, give me some of the coaches. Oh, here we go. Bob St. Clair. I don't know that name. Y.A. Tittle was uh, the second game opposing coach. Uh, Dick, Buck- Dick Buckkiss was the opposing coach in game three. Warren Moon was the opposing coach in game four. Johnny Unitas was the opposing coach in game five. Yeah, there was tons of just like random like former NFL people uh that were uh so maybe it was Johnny coaches and stuff. Maybe Oh my god. Was it this guy? Yeah. That's YA Tittle. Oh, okay. Uh, he was... He did the NFL on CBS. Oh. It was Johnny Unitas, because it was this guy. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's the guy that I thought looked familiar, so that would be why. I don't know Bob St. Clair or Pat Pat Toomey. But I feel like they're also, like, old coaches or players. I want to point out, so Johnny Unitas did play for the Baltimore Colts. Yeah. And I also want to point out, his middle name is Constantine. What a fucking badass name. His name is John Constantine. What a badass. (laughs) John Constantine Unitas. What the fuck? Anyway, that's going to do it for the end zone of trivia. Whatever. Dave's not here because he has stuff going on. So, yep. All right, we're going to rate this movie. Let's do it. I'm going to give it a six. I was going to give it a six. Six (laughs) points. Touchdown. (laughs) Unfortunately, no extra point and no field goal after. (laughs) 
<laughs> missed the conversion. Yeah, missed the conversion. It 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 they would have got the two point conversion for the eight if like all the stuff we bitched about hadn't happened. Like this movie was the script was pretty good. Um if they changed the script in the ways that we talked about, that probably might have put it up at a nine, but like just like the editing makes this movie almost unenjoyable. Um, For sure. And then just a random at times. You're just like, what the fuck is happening? Yeah. Um, but I love the acting and the cast is just completely insane. Um, yeah, it's a six. Unfortunately, like it could have been way better, way better. Yeah. It just like, it went into post-production and just went like, yeah, Russell. So, uh, six. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Trash. Uh, overall. Yeah. Uh, there is a lot of great things about this movie. There, like some of the dialogue is really good. Some of the character development is really good. Um, but some of the conversations are not so good. Um, I get maybe it is Oliver Stone, which, but that makes it interesting to me because usually Oliver Stone has like some really good poignant dialogue and like in some of it, it was, but I do feel like the script heavily relied on the, uh, any given Sunday bit, which is okay, dude, but did we need it seven times, six times? Do we have to say it that many times? Literally saying any given Sunday. I, I, I literally, I was trying to count it. I, it was six or seven. There's yeah. like, like different, because t- he says it a couple times in a row, right? And that's not what yeah. I mean. I mean, he says it in different conversations. Different I think conversations Six or times, seven times, yeah. yeah. Um, so I feel like that was a little heavy handed. Um, and then like the pacing is fucked, but I think that's because the editing's fucked. Like, like just I like I don't know it's it's hard to even in the editing is so bad for this movie that it's hard to even envision like what this movie would look like without all the shitty editing uh but it is supposed to be like a quick fast paced story yeah um told but, in almost 3 hours yeah but you get like some like some of the lulls are weird so like I wasn't a super big fan of how it was paced but I do agree overall that the script was pretty good uh, I just, I just really think like the, the editing around the movie just destroyed whatever this could have been for like being a good movie. Yeah. Um. So which is which is kind of kind of hurts because I thought this movie was amazing. Um, I was super excited, but I knew like at the beginning. Yeah. Like it starts, and I was like, Oh, oh no! Fuck! I'm gonna puke. <laughs> 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 yeah. yeah um but yeah i just it just does not it does not stand up it does not it does not stay well um so yeah i'm gonna have to give it a six and i don't know that i would really recommend it i there are a lot better football movies to watch yeah this is one of the few times that we've come close to a uh metacritic score metacritic score for this is 52 oh I did not look at before we watched it. Yeah. And I was like, we usually don't. Dang. Sometimes I do. Cause I'll just like look at it on IMDb and I'll be like, Oh, well, yeah. 
I think it's better than that, isn't it? And then I watch it. And we're usually higher than the Metacritic score, but yeah. Well, I mean, we're also like, like we let stuff slide sometimes just because of like, if there's a super badass line, but like yeah. what was surrounding it was not like yeah. badass. Like sometimes we let that slide, but it's like, it's, it's more or less, I always think of our ratings as like enjoyment and, but yeah, yeah. Fuck this movie, dude. Yeah. I'm pretty sad that it was as bad as it is. Yeah. But should have watched the replacements. <sighs> <laughs> Could have at least had some Keanu in my life. Uh, what are we doing next week? So next week we are watching a recommendation from Bill from Indy. Oh, okay. Uh, we will be watching Hustle, which came out in 2022, is rated R, uh, stars Adam Sandler and Queen Latifah. Oh. Uh, also has Ben Foster in it. Okay. Oh shit. I um, think uh, I think I know what that one is. A basketball scout discovers a phenomenal streetball player while yeah. in Spain and sees yep. the prospect as his opportunity to get back into the NBA. Yep. Uh, isn't that just above the rim? I don't know. <laughs> Probably. Uh, <laughs> that's a movie I haven't even thought about in forever. Uh, but yeah, so uh, we will watch that next week. And I do believe next week, uh, Mike. Thanksgiving Mike will be gracing us with his presence. Nice. Hopefully Dave will be back. He'll be able to be back next week. Yeah, hopefully. Uh, all right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of DQP does where we continued our summer of sports with any given Sunday next week. We're doing hustle on Netflix. So thank you for listening. Please find us on all our social media. We're ramping up like our uh, our real game uh, on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook. Yeah. Uh, so we're trying to put more interesting stuff. So if you don't want to listen to the whole show anymore, we put like some funny bits to try and get you to listen to the whole show on, on all those. <laughs> um but follow that stuff. It's, it's, you know, we're putting some interesting shit up on there. Uh, also, please subscribe to our Patreon. Uh, $1. You can find us searching Draft Quarters Productions. Um, we're also going to do the Amazon wish list. We'll put it in the show notes once we get that done. Um, once we figure out what we're going to ask you guys to buy us. <laughs> but... Anyway, that's going to do it. Thank you very much. Have a wonderful time. Bye. We're in hell right now, gentlemen. Believe me. And we can stay here. Get the shit kicked out of us. Or we can fight our way back to the light. We can climb out of hell. One inch at a time. <laughs>